He said unto them all, if any man will come after me, anybody wants to follow me, let him deny himself. And then he says some unique words. He says, take up his cross daily and follow me. How much would a cross weigh? How much would a cross weigh? It's not two sticks. They're two cross beams that would support a man hanging in the air. So when Jesus said, take up your cross, he's talking about something that's heavy. Not something that's easily just picked up, put in your pocket. It's not something you just wear around your neck or you put on a tattoo. To carry your cross daily was a heavy burden. Now, religions throughout history have burdened people down with heavy burdens. You're in Luke, go to chapter 11, verse 46. 11.46. Still in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 46. And he, Jesus, said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid, you put on men, you, you put on men with burdens, grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your own fingers. And that's what religions do. They call them the clergy and the laity. Clergy run around, they, they're, they're, they're well fed, they have, uh, they sleep on satin sheets, they are, um, they live in, in palaces compared to the common people, and then there's everybody else who work their tails off trying to keep them, trying to keep themselves right with God and trying to keep themselves right with the uh, clergy. But, uh, uh, religions have burdened people down all throughout history. Um, now, there's a reality, because when people come out of that, and they, they find out that Jesus says, Come unto me, are ye that labor and heavy laden. That's a good invitation. And I'll give you rest. But he says, I'll also give you a burden. I'll also give you something to carry. So we're going to look at that, but I want to say that religions wear us out so that when we come to Christ, we don't know how to trust Him. We don't know how to take on burdens. I want to teach you tonight how to take on burdens because here's the truth. Even under grace, there are burdens to carry. Even after you got saved, there are weights and burdens and troubles and heartaches and disasters and walls that you're going to just deal with. You say, well, I thought I got saved. Yeah, you got saved. Your home's in heaven. Your sins are washed away. But you know, there is stuff to do while we're still alive. And a lot of it's going to be hard. Part of the curse of Genesis chapter 3 is that we have to go upstream. God said to Adam, now when you go and you plant uh, seed, you're going to have to battle, you're going to have to battle weeds, you're going to have to battle nettles, you're going to have to battle bugs. So you're going to be constantly working hard just to get your loaf of bread. So when we go upstream, and, and you know, as a Christian, don't you ever feel that? I mean, sometimes I sit down and I'm arguing with the Lord. Lord, I don't want to hand out a gospel tract. <laughs> I was at Costa on Saturday and uh, uh, sitting there. I was downtown waiting on somebody. And I was sitting there and there's this guy. He's a real uh, uppity-up guy working duns. And he's got all his, he's got a computer, he's got his iPad, he's got all these things. And I'm I'm just like, I've got 20 minutes before i got to get out of here and stuff. And I'm drinking my coffee and the Lord just says, give that man a track. And I go, oh, he'll just reject it off the spot. And I'm arguing with him. And I'm looking around, and I said, no, no, nobody in this room wants it. And the Lord said, give it to him. So I got up, and I went over to him, and he looked up at his glasses. You know how the half-sized glasses, those glasses, you know, you can see when down here, down here you can't. So anyway, uh, he looked up out of those glasses. You see him scowl, like I just interrupted something really serious. And I said, here, 
I want you to read this. Let's tell you how to know for sure when you die, you go to heaven. And he smiled. He said, thanks. And I sat down and I said, man, I hate the devil. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You have to fight. You just look around. Nobody wants you to give them the gospel, but they need you to. So there you are. It's part of the curse. You constantly have to go upstream. It's going to be hard, whatever you try to do. Ask anybody going to the Olympics, going to athletics. Anything that you try to do is going to be hard to do, especially when it's something you're supposed to do. Our cross, as we read there, is very heavy. Jesus said, take up your cross. Now, Jesus has his cross, doesn't he? He doesn't ask us to get on his cross. He took the cross for our sins. But the cross that I carry, it's going to be heavy. My cross doesn't pay for my sins. But my cross, whatever Lord lays on me is my cross. I'm supposed to carry it. It'll always be much easier, would you agree, to give up, quit, and go with the flow and die. Amen? You know what a fish does when it stops swimming? It dies. And the moment that you decide that I'm just going to go with the flow and I'll just quit swimming, you die. Some people say, well, you know, if I just live in my sin, if I just go back to the old life, it'll be easier. You better think again. Because the Bible says the way of the transgressor will always be harder than the life of the Christian. You say, well, it's so a lot easier just to go with the old buddies and go back to the drink. It may be for a little while. But I'm telling you, and you know it, deep in your heart of your hearts, you know that little bit of reprieve from the pressure that you feel trying to serve the Lord, that little bit of, oh, there, the pressure's off. I don't have to listen to preacher. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to, I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to worry about souls. I can just do what I want. That only lasts for a little while. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. That's just how it is. So don't think that, oh, it'll just be a whole lot easier. No, no, it will not. In the long run, it's a whole lot easier being a Christian. Amen? So God gives us burdens. Let's go to Malachi where we will look at three things, three, three scriptures here. Malachi chapter one. That's right before Matthew. Malachi chapter one and verse one. God gives burdens. <clears throat> Malachi one one, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Now that's a mouthful. So Malachi woke up one day, and how do you think he felt? If you carry a burden, how do you think you feel, Gavin? Oh, boy. You carrying a burden? doesn't say carrying a blessing. Malachi woke up, and the Lord gave him a burden. And he's supposed to go preach it to the the nation of Israel. And um, I'm missing my word there. And it was going to be done by him alone. It doesn't say by Malachi and his team. (laughs) It's Malachi alone. You know, uh, uh, I'll come back to it. I want to keep to my thought here for a second. Go to Matthew chapter 11 now. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Matthew 11, 28. Let's go back one verse. And it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. But then he says something that we kind of we kind of hope for. We say, for my yoke is easy, and we emphasize the word easy. But put it this way, it's easier. And my burden is lighter than the burden of your sin, and the burden of your guilt, and the burden of your shame, and the burden of your sin, and the burden of God's wrath. 
All that's taken away. So the Lord says, I got to swap it out for another burden, for another yoke. It's easier, but it's still a burden. One more. Go to Galatians chapter 6. There are times when the Lord actually gives you burdens. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 5. Now start back in verse 2. Or verse 1. Verse 1 is good enough. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, all of a sudden somebody's been been just beat up by the devil and, and they quit. They've gotten caught up in some sin. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. You be very careful not to judge. Considering thyself lost, thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now go down to verse 5. So he says, take care of one another. And verse 5 says, let every man shall bear his own burden too. So God sometimes just gives you your own burden. And then he says, also take care of his and hers and hers and his too. So Lord puts on us work, puts on us the ministry. And that's what I'm talking about. We got to look at the ministry like it really is because we, 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 we head back over there with Eric's teaching. We go, I'm going to help out Eric teach Sunday school. And I realize there's a lot of work. And all those kids gathered around there and him spending all that time trying to teach them. And, and it could be just a, you know, you just flitter in and flitter out. But there's a lot of work that goes into making sure those kids get the right truth and that they get the emphasis on the right things. And that those kids are not just playing, but they're focused on, thus saith the Lord, for them to get saved and live right. It's a lot of work. And it takes not just somebody who's a good worker. Eric's a great worker. Tells awful jokes. But he's a great worker. But he needs, as anybody who works in the ministry, he needs to take it as a burden. He says, i got to do this. I've got to do my best. So, Let's talk about burdens and blessings, because I believe burdens are blessings. God gave a heavy burden to Malachi, sitting there thinking, you don't have to go back there, but think about Malachi. Malachi wakes up one day, and he's told to go and take the word of the Lord to God's people. Now, God's people were away from God. God's people were not living like God's people. Uh... They were a disobedient audience. If you ever read the book of, of uh, Malachi, you will read what sounds like teenagers. Where was God good to us? And and why is that? And and how come God does this? That's how they talk back to Malachi as he preaches. They're hypercritical. They're fault finders. They mock God. They make fun of spirituality. And God told Malachi, I want you to take my word to an uninterested audience. Why would Malachi do that? Because God gave him a burden to do it. God gave him a burden, an inescapable burden to have to go and tell those people. Yeah, Malachi was called to preach, to warn, to persuade them to prepare for the coming Messiah. It was 400 years until the Messiah would come, and he had the job. He's the last of the prophets. He had the job to get them started thinking about the coming of the Messiah. Every day, Malachi, these, these four chapters in the book of Malachi are what Malachi preached in every town. As he would go to one village, he would stand somewhere and begin to cry out the words of that book. As people would pass by, they would laugh at him, they would mock him, and then he would go on 
wipe the dust off his feet, go to the next city. And then he would preach that same message all over Israel. How many people do you think were excited to hear his message? Almost none of them. And yet he went. Why did he go? Because of the first words. It was a burden God gave him, not just a job. You know what a job? You know what, does, what happens when you don't like your job? You quit. You know what you do when you have a burden and you don't like it? You can't quit. It's a burden. That's the difference. God himself gave, gave us burdens. We looked at those verses. He gives us all kinds of different burdens of ministry. One person may have a burden for the addicts. Another person may have a burden for teenagers. Another person may have a burden. Another uh, another person may have a burden for the ladies. Another person may have a burden for children. Those are burdens. Those are things that each one of those people say, "I got to do this. I, I'm unqualified. I don't have the training, but I want to do it." That's a good thing. God gives you that. Have you accepted what God has given you as a burden? A burden is not something that you just, you know, Pastor, I can help with this. Or I can. That's a good thing to volunteer. But what we're dealing with is something that you're burdened about. And that's where the blessings come in. Blessings come for three reasons. When you are, when you're carrying your burden, when you're carrying through with what God has burdened you with, there's a joy in just being used of God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers, servants by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but it's all God that giveth the increase. He that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every one shall receive his own reward according to his own laborer, labor, for we are laborers together with who? Paul's bragging. He says, I get to work with God. Ye are God's husbandry, you're his garden, and ye are God's building. God did this. We were just farmers. We just happened to be working alongside with God. And Paul was glad to do that. Paul was so excited to be used of God. And if you ever have a burden to do something, realize you get to do it with God. Secondly, you see God give the increase. There is nothing more delightful for a Christian than to be used of God to give the gospel to somebody and watch them get saved. There is no greater joy than watching a new person born into the kingdom of God. I, you can't find it anywhere. You could, you could win the lotto. You could uh, live on a yacht. You could do anything you want, and that will wear off, but the joy of leading somebody to Christ is the best of it. And just being there, just watching the, 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 the fruit of your labor bear fruit in, in, in somebody's life, and they get saved and they live for God. It's like a sports player. You're kicking the ball to somebody else, and then he gets a goal in. How do you feel? I mean, that, that soccer ball comes to you, and you kick it up, up to that guy right next to the goal, and he kicks it in. How do you feel? You feel great. You didn't have to kick the ball in, but your team got the score. And you know, when you're there and you see somebody saved, or you see some teenager stand up and say, I'm putting out um, the, the old uh, ungodly music in my life. I'm now going to serve God. God's called me to preach. God's called me to be a missionary. God's called me to be a godly uh, uh, um, uh, missionary's wife. God's called me to, to, uh, to have a Christian business. And you know, the rest of us, we may not have even had anything to do with your growth, but we'll all shout. Because we're watching God give the increase. There's great joy and blessing. 
if you have a burden for this church, and believe me, I do. Some of you do too. But there's a, there's a joy that comes when you have a burden to have a church like this so that generations of people later on live for God and watch it happen. See God give the increase. And one day in heaven, what does Matthew 25, 21 say? You don't have to go there because we got so much to cover, but Jesus will say to a servant, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I guarantee you, if you ever get a chance to hear that, and not all of us will, but if you ever get a chance to hear that, it'll make it all worthwhile. That's the joy of the burden. All right, let me talk to you about the God-given burdens of the ministry. <clears throat> there, are, I think there's seven of them. If you go back to Malachi chapter 1, we'll start off with uh, the beginning burden. And it's the weight of the word. Malachi chapter 1, verse 1. So when you think of burden, I mean like the weight of something that's just pressed on you, just like this guy. His wife's out shopping, and what is happening? No, sorry. <laughs> she keeps te- she buys something, she throws it. No, this is a man. He's already carried his own burden, and the Lord's given him more to carry. You ever felt like that? That's the Christian life. You've got your own burdens you got to carry. You got you got somebody who's sick in your family. You've got problems, you've got bills, you've got health problems. Those are your own burdens. And then the Lord lays on your heart a burden for somebody else. And then somebody else. And somebody says, wow, you're going to get worn out. Yeah, you will. But that's the ministry. Now, first, God-given ministry is the ministry of the Word. And by the way, let me tell you, that book is heavy. That's just not some book. When God gave Malachi the burden of the Word of the Lord... He gave him a heavy book. You know, if you're ever going to stand up here and preach it, you can't just say what your opinion is. The most important thing you need to be able to say is, thus saith the Lord. Better know what he says. You better know what, what he means. It is a heavy burden to preach this book. Better know it. I shudder at the judgment feet of Christ. I'm going to stand there and I'll find out how many of you read your Bible. I'm afraid I'll be embarrassed that some of you have never even finished reading your Bible through. That's a grief to me. That's a, that's, you're supposed to know this Bible. You're supposed to be reading it every day. Somebody stands up here and preaches, you better know what you, what you believe, man. You better be able to test what you believe. You better allow me to test what you believe. You, you can't just, Mouth off some some opinion or some religious saying. Not only do you have to know it, but you need to live it. You need to obey it yourself. James one twenty one. What does it say? Be ye doers of the word. That's a lot of word, amen. There's a lot of stuff I'm supposed to do, brother. I mean, it's not like just go to church, uh, just love your wife, just just you know uh, give to missions. I mean, there's. There's countless numbers of things that I'm constantly thinking, have I done this, have I done that? Amen. It's a heavy thing to have that Bible and have the burden of the Word. Uh, it's a whole lot easier. And by the way, it's a whole lot easier to preach it than to receive it. It's a heavy book, man. You know, the, the, the Bible has got this, this part to it that uh, Brother Dan could preach it. And I don't like it. 
Because I'd rather preach it and not have to hear it. Amen? Because it's a heavy book. This book cuts both the preacher and the hearer, doesn't it? So the weight of the word, when God called Malachi to go out there, it was no, oh boy, yippee! No, that's a heavy book. I've also noticed that it's easy to tell somebody to trust in the Lord. Here's somebody and they're going through a trial. They're going through a heartache. There they are. They're, they've got some disaster in their life and you, you sit down with them and you pray with them and you put your arm around them and say, the Lord will get you through this. It's easy to say that until you're the one sitting in that chair. It says a heavy book. If you ever get the burden of the word to be a teacher, to be a preacher, to be a missionary, you ever get the burden of the word? It's a heavy weight to carry. You say, here comes pastor. He's going to preach. You better understand, I've taken dozens of hours in preparation for each message. I've tested. I've learned. I've studied. I've questioned because I don't want to mess up. Now, I mess up. There's not for lack of trying. That's the work of the word. That's the weight of the word. But there's another weight. That's the weight of the work. You know what we do? We go and go and go. How many, how many target the hearts have we had? I think we've had nine or ten. I mean, it's a lot of work, brother, isn't it? You know how many youth camps we've had? This is our 22nd youth camp. You know how much work goes into youth camp? There is a weight to the work of the gospel. And I love it. Because I have a burden for it. Some people don't love it. You know why? Because they don't have a burden for it. (laughs) But there's a weight that comes, a heavy burden with doing the work. Handing out gospel tracts, giving people your testimony, inviting people out to church, helping uh, do children's Bible camps and youth camps and target the hearts, going out, doing evangelism. You know what all that is? It's weary. It's heavy. There in a couple of weeks when we set up for, for the Bible clubs, we're setting up our tents and then we're taking them down. Then the next day, morning, we're setting them up, and then we're taking them down. That's all. You know what that is? That's for the gospel. Why do we do it? Because we have a burden to do it. You know, people preparing to preach, other people preparing food for the volunteers. Why is all that going on? So that young children and teenagers can hear the gospel, give their life to the Lord, and let God use them. You ever got, you ever sat down in RU and sat in there and watched Tony or watched, uh, Dan or watch Andrew or Paul, uh, preach and all that stuff and you watch those people come and go? You know what that is? That's a burden, man. It's heavy, heavy ministry. It doesn't feel great. It's a lot of work. There's the weight of such a ministry. It's constantly heavy. Hard to bear under. You know, Paul says, Paul says, I've been a night and a day in the deep. I've been whipped five times, 40 stripes each time except for one. I've been uh, uh, hunted and destitute and naked and starving. I've been hated by the brethren. I've been hated by the unsaved. And all after all of that, I have the care of all the churches to worry about. That's the ministry. You say, it's not fun. It wasn't about being fun. What's it about? A burden. A burden. Ministry's heavy. It'll wear you out. You know, you have children. Guess what happens to kids? What happens to parents who have children? <laughs> you know what happens to parents who have children? They get tired. 
They get wore out. They get agitated. Isn't that a nice word? I'm agitated. You know. <laughs> it's a lot of work, isn't it? You know, when you give 60 hours of your week to studying, preaching, teaching, visiting, soul winning, planning, practicing, praying, counseling, and on and on, you know what you do? You get wore out. That's the word, that's the weight of the work of the gospel. Amen. How about the weight of the world? Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I don't know about you, but this world's gone darker than I've ever imagined. It weighs on me. It discourages me, Paul. I mean, it just you just don't want to go out and win a soul because you know you're going to have to work double hard now, triple hard. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. And we know that we are of God. 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lieth in wickedness. There's just a, there's just the weight on you of the people you're talking to. You stand there at the door, you hand them a gospel track at work or whatever, and they just look at you. It's a glaze over their face. It's heavy. It'd be great to see the world turn to God, amen? It'd be awesome to see revival, wouldn't it? I mean, some of us have been listening to that, got to listen to that, uh, 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 what's the first name? Campbell, uh, Duncan Campbell. Listen to him, the revival up in the Shetland Islands. Man, it'd be great if that happened in court. I pray for that. But you know, when it doesn't happen, there's a heaviness. Why do we keep going out? Because of the work, because the weight of the, of the burden of the work, and we go against the weight of the world. The world pours it on, and you just feel like, man, how do we just keep doing this? I don't know. I just do it. Christians going cold. You ever notice that? The Christians getting colder about the Lord. Don't enjoy the singing. Don't enjoy the, the Christian fellowship. They all want, you know, their needs to be met. They want everything for them instead of for the Lord. I don't know. I think the sins of this world are so, so in our face. It's like, it's just like a, it's like somebody gutting us. I love holiness. I love godliness. And then when you're out just for a few hours in the world, you just feel drained. Like, ugh, you have to go against that. You have to carry that. You have to love somebody who doesn't love you. You have to give something to somebody who doesn't want you to give it to them. That's the weight of the world. You know what the Lord asked you to do? Carry it. Carry it. I tell you, my first time, John doesn't realize just how much I struggled with teaching teens. I haven't told him all of my stories because I don't want to discourage him. (laughs) But when I first, my first real ministry was teenagers in Newark, New Jersey. So we took buses into Newark and brought out these kids and sat them down and taught them, preached them. And everything I said was wrong. I'd say one thing and they'd understand something different. It just, it just was crazy. I was like, I was talking to the walls, man. And it was heavy. Why don't they get it? Why don't they want to get saved? Why do they want to live the way they do? Why don't they want to know God? I, I just, it just bothered me. Why'd I keep doing it? Because I had a burden for them. Because I needed to. And it was a good, good for me to learn that's what people are like. So you gotta face the weight of the world. You've also got to face the weight of your flesh. Go to Romans chapter 7. Anybody in this room wants to serve God, you're going to have to carry your flesh. 
You need two verses. You need Romans chapter 7 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Romans chapter 7 and 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Have I discouraged you yet? (laughs) I hope not. Sometime a little dose of reality makes you just say, Amen, I'm ready. So Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. Look at what Paul says about his life and his flesh, his old nature. He says this. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth. How many good things? Nothing good about me. So don't think next time you say, oh, I can't wait to help in Sunday school. Oh, I think I'd be a great Sunday school teacher. Think again. (laughs) You do it because you have a burden to do it. And when you go into that Sunday school room or you ever stand behind this pulpit and you preach or you ever get to minister to ladies or you ever get to minister to addicts, you got to realize there's nothing good in you. And you drag that old carcass of yours right into that room and you better not let that have the glory. Because you're carrying the weight of your flesh in that thing, and you've got to hold it. Go to first, uh, hold it up. You got to keep it from taking charge. Go to First Corinthians chapter seven. I said chapter seven, chapter nine. <clears throat> first Corinthians nine twenty-seven. I can't demonstrate this unless I had uh, uh, Noah or Connor here, but you can imagine it here. Look at verse twenty-seven. 1 Corinthians 9.27, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, that's my ministry, I myself should be a castaway. I will have blown it. So I want you to get the picture, my old nature. What am I supposed to do with me? How does, what does it say I'm supposed to... Stop it. What, am, what does it say I'm supposed to do with me? With my body? All right, now get the idea. And I can do it with Connor. I could do it with Noah. I couldn't do it with Dean. But it's to pick up my body kicking and screaming. And I hold it up and I take it somewhere and I set it down. I said, now sit there. Now do this. I tell me to do God's will. Amen. I keep under my body means I'm in charge of whether my body gets up and prays or whether I don't. I'm in charge of whether I get up and I get here to church early so I can minister or I come in late. I'm in charge. I get my body up or I let it rule me. So the flesh is heavy because the flesh says, I'm tired. Flesh says, I'm not happy. The flesh says, I don't like him. That's what the flesh says. And what you're supposed to do with your flesh? Pick it up, kicking and screaming, and take it where it's supposed to be and set it down and says, now, sir, Amen. You're going to have to do that. I've watched people start a ministry and a few weeks later saying, I just don't think I'm called for this. I understand. I understand. I know. But you know, some of us, we get into something and we just stay at it. You know why? Because we have a burden. And that's what God needs to give you. I can't give you that burden, but you need to ask God for it. You need to say, Lord, I don't want to just play church. I just don't want to go to church. I just don't want to help out for a little while and then get discouraged and quit. I want a burden of where you want me to be and where I can stay till I come home to heaven. Amen. You're going to have to battle your flesh in order to keep serving others and serving the Lord. The weight of the flesh. Then you're going to have to add the weight of Christians' problems. (laughs) Oh, come on, laugh with me. Amen. Uh, Go to Galatians again, chapter uh, 6. 
to the right. Galatians chapter 6, we read it, but I just want to read it again. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Somebody once said the ministry would be great if it weren't for people. That's a bit of humor if you get it. The ministry would be great if it weren't for people. Well, guess what? That's all ministry is, is people. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You're going to have to put up with people who have all kinds of problems. If you're ever going to serve the Lord. If you're going to drive the bus ministry, if you're going to drive the bus, and how about the bus ministry? You're going to be picking up people who aren't there when you go to pick them up. And you're calling them and calling them and calling them and calling them. And then as you're driving away, they call you and says, where are you? <laughs> Honestly, you're going to be dealing with people who have problems. Amen. If you're ever going to have a ministry, if the Lord ever burdens you to do something, you're going to be dealing with people who have all kinds of problems. And you've got to carry them. When you like just tell them to grow up, would you ever just grow up? <laughs> but you can't say that <laughs> yet. But there's, there's problems in the ministry. Our job is to suffer with them. You know what the Bible says? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 and 2 says, Let brother love continue and, and go ahead and go there. Go ahead and go there. Hebrews chapter 13. What a precious verse. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. Hebrews 13, 3. Remember them that are in bonds. Now that probably is talking about people who've been put in prison for um, preaching the gospel, going against the flow. But you can actually apply it to people who are in the bonds of a hospital room, the bonds of sickness. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. And remember them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the same body. What's he saying? You know, if you're ever in a ministry where you're dealing with people, God's going to hurt you like they're being hurt. And that's the ministry. And you're not going to like it. But you do it because you have a burden for them. Amen? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had a burden for people? That's a great church. Then there's another weight, and that's the weight of delays. Go to Psalm 69. <clears throat> Two more weights. Psalm 69. <clears throat> Psalm 69, verse 2. There's the weight of delay. Psalm 69 and verse 2 says, I sink in deep mire. What's that like? Like quicksand. Where there is no standing... <clears throat> I am coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. Is he having a good day? No. David's trying to serve God. You know where David is? David's running from King Saul. David's got no life. He's miserable and he says, everything is going wrong. I am overwhelmed. Verse 3. I am weary of my crying. How's his prayer life? He's so tired of praying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. What's he doing? He's waiting. That's a heavy burden. Sometimes you're just sitting there saying, God, where are you? How come this thing's not working? I prayed, I've done my best, and you're not there. <laughs> so I wait, and it's heavy. 
You know, David had to deal with people pass by and says, where is your God? Yeah, where is your, and you're going, I don't know. I'm waiting on him too. <laughs> you know, if you ever want to serve the Lord, you'd say, man, I thought when I started teaching Sunday school, we'd have a hundred kids in here in a year. And there's still seven. <laughs> and you're waiting on God. Amen. And the burden is, just keep waiting. You just keep waiting. Um, the weight of the enemy. Job chapter 2. You're in Psalms. Go back to the left. Find Job chapter 2. After all of those weights, let me tell you this. After everything that's been poured on your life, guess there's one other critter out there who wants to pour a little bit more on. <laughs> Did you ever have a brother? They're always evil older brothers. Did you ever have a brother who, when you went swimming, his greatest joy was to jump on you and go put you under the water? Yeah, <laughs> there's Noah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're barely treading water. And you're carrying the weight of the world. You're carrying the weight of the ministry. You're carrying the uh, gospel ministry. You're carrying the weight of the word. You're carrying the weight of, of everything coming up. And then the devil comes and just stands on you. That's how Job felt. That's how Job felt. Look at chapter 2, verse 4. Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. Yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, Lord, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. I know his limit. You do that, Lord, and he'll curse you. In verse 6, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. I hope the Lord doesn't pray that too often for me. But you know what the Lord did? The Lord said, I know, I know the kind of weight that Job is carrying. I think he can carry a little more. Put it on devil. And there are times when you're serving the Lord and it's not God, it's not the world, it's not the kids, it's not the boss, it's the devil putting the pressure on and it's like you can't breathe. But God helps you. And God knew it and God knew it that he'd get through this thing. I'm just telling you, these are the areas where there are weights. And if you didn't know this, maybe this will be, okay, okay, this is what I got to expect if I'm going to serve the Lord. Just remember these things. One, the Lord gave us these burdens to carry. The Lord allowed the devil to put that on to Job. When Job already had the weight of, of a wife who wanted to die, he had the weight of the grief of the loss of his children. He had the weight of the, the loss of all of his life's career and efforts. Everything was now a huge burying weight. And then the devil comes along and covers him head to toe with boils. And then Job just says, I wish I'd never been born. Just remember, the Lord is, is, is in charge. The Lord allowed that and put that on him. And the Lord put stuff on you. Don't fight it. Because he never does it as a punishment. You think that he's punishing you. Why me, Lord? Who was it that always sang that? What did I ever do? Why me, Lord? Anyway, there's some country western singer who sang something. Not punishment. He knew what he was doing when he sent those burdens our way and he knew we couldn't carry them without him. And if right now you want to quit, if it's too big of a burden, if it's too hard for you to serve the Lord, let me tell you, you're trying to do it without his constant help. The devil always adds sorrow, scars, wrong thinking. Don't let him. Don't let him go. 
the Lord's in charge. The Lord has me here, gave me this burden. I'm going to see it through. And don't ever let the burdens of the ministry take the place of the person of the ministry. You say, I'm trying to help people. Don't help people. Serve the Lord. You see the difference? Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 22. Servants. I bet you wouldn't like to be called that. You're, you're too white. I'm not you, but I'm talking about most everybody else in here. Wouldn't like to be called servants. You like to be called employees, don't you? You like to be called Westerners and Europeans and all that stuff. You know what God calls us? Servants. We serve people. Now, these servants were Christians who were nearly slaves. And listen to what Paul told people who had the burdens of making happy their masters. He said these words, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, not only when they're watching you as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to who? And not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So you don't do it because your boss is watching you. You don't do it because your mom's watching you. You do it because the Lord's worthy to serve the Lord Christ. Don't ever let kids, people, buses, uh, activities take place of Jesus. All I want is to please Him. How do you respond? I want to go through these scriptures. There's a lot here. You can write these down. You can get them from off the internet. You can get them from me later. But look forward to the priceless and eternal rewards just for serving the Lord, just for little things. Jesus said, if you give a cup in the name of a prophet, you give a cup of water in the name of a prophet, you'll have a reward. You just do something simple. God will honor that. But Galatians 6 says, 6, 9 says, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not, if you don't quit. Look forward to the prices and eternal rewards just for serving the Lord. Desire this, the will of God. Desire it. I see people queue up. I was behind somebody at Super Value there earlier in the week, and this older lady there uh, had, uh, had a stack of, of, of lotto tickets. Lotto tickets. And she turned them in, and that woman... You didn't win anything. I mean, you should have seen. <laughs> have you ever felt that? Yeah. She came away from that like this, you know. <laughs> Folks, she was so hopeful. I know this. I am hopeful when I do the will of God is the best thing I could ever do. The will of Craig Ledbetter stinks. The will of God is possible. I desire that. I want to desire that because it is the best payback. I wonder how much money. I don't know if they were all two euro, five euro. I don't know what the tickets were. She must have spent 50 euro. Didn't get anything out of it. You spend your life living for the Lord, you get a hundredfold back guaranteed. How do you respond to the burden God puts on you? Desire it. Third, decide to delight in it. You know, Paul, but David says in Psalm 34, 8, I delight to do thy will. That's a choice you make. It's not a feeling. You may delight in chocolate ice cream, but I delight to do God's will even though it's hard, heavy, and tough. Abound abound in the work. 
how many people would actually start enjoying the work if they got into it? There are too many of us who are like the kids at the swimming pool and their feet are dangling in there and they need dad to come in and push them in. <laughs> First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says this. How does it start? Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Abound in the work of the Lord. Get into it and get all the way in. I mean, just say, uh, uh, when it comes to helping out in Sunday school, say, I, I just I, I want to stay this until the Lord says no. Amen. Try it. Abound in it. If that's not going to work for you, try something else. Keep going until you find out this is where the Lord has me. Abound in it. And then do everything by faith. Don't do it by feelings. You keep watching. You you watch other people and you you watch your feelings. You'll get discouraged. I mean, one week Eric's here and one week Eric's not here. He's not the reason why you do it. Your feelings don't come into it. Faith comes into it. Do I believe God has me here? That's where I stay. Do everything by faith. Encourage yourself in the Lord. David is a great illustration of somebody who, at his lowest point, when when his family and all the families of 600 of his men were all taken captive and were all taken away, and as far as they were concerned, they were lost. And so David's men, because of David's backslidden attitude and backslidden actions, it cost his kids and his families and all of these other men's, their families, safety. And when David, it, the men all gather around David and says, it's your fault, and it was. And they picked up stones, and they were going to stone David. This was before he became king, while he was in hiding. They were going to stone David. And yeah, he was backslidden. Yeah, he was guilty, and he was he was in trouble. But you know what? He got down on his face, and the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he got up, and he says, let's go. But they said, where are we going? We're going to go get our families back. How did he get to that place? Because he went back, and instead of worrying, trying to get in, you know, sometimes it's nice when somebody comes along and tries to encourage me. I appreciate that. But when they don't, I need to be able to encourage myself. I need to be able to remember the promises of God. I need to be able to remember all of the things that God has done for me in the past. I need to be able to encourage myself in the Lord, and so do you. When when things are going hard, remember how good God's been to you, and how He's used you, and how He still wants to use you. Encourage yourself in the Lord, and then be a living sacrifice. You say, what if I die serving the Lord? What if you do? It's a most noble cause. When we're at, men's, at, at, at youth camp, we're going to hear about some great missionaries. A couple of missionaries were just getting started down in the Amazon River Basin, talking and trying to reach a, a, a tribe that had never been contacted by white men. And when they landed their airplane there and brought these gifts to try to reach them, there were Five men, five young men, 23, 24, 25 years old. I forget how old they were. Their wives were back at the base. There they were. They came out there. And the next thing they knew, five spears. One each went through all five of those men. They were all killed by that tribe. They died serving the Lord. Wow, what good is that? Really good. Because their testimonies affected more missionaries their wives went out and told the story how our, our, our men, our husbands, were willing to risk their lives to reach that tribe. That entire tribe got saved.
because those wives went out there and landed there and said, we're the wives of the men you killed. We still want to tell you about Jesus. That entire tribe got saved. You got to understand, if you wear out, burn out, die serving the Lord, it's most honorable because it'll bless the next generation. We need some people who take the burden of the Lord and take it seriously. Father, help us to hear these words. Be willing to um, step out by faith and say, Lord, I, I'm afraid to. I'm afraid to be a missionary. I'm afraid you'd call me where the spiders are big. I'm afraid where I want to go to a people who might hate me and try to kill me. I don't know where you'd take me. I might die of disease. I might, I, I might find it hard. I might, I might miss my family. I might, everything would go wrong. Lord, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. But if you ever give me a burden to do something for you, Lord, my biggest prayer is, Lord, help me do it. Help me not be like Jonah. Help me do it. Because you're worthy. I love you, Lord. I thank you for burdens. I don't like them. I don't like them when I have to carry them. But they are, they are the ministry. And they're, they're not too bad. Your yoke is easy. And your burdens are light compared to what I used to have to carry. Thank you, Lord. Would you bless us, Lord, with a desire to carry burdens out? In Jesus' name, amen.